Hey everybody, it's your buddy Jack. Hope this podcast finds you doing well. It's been a pretty good day for me. Uh, It's right now creeping up towards the end of the day, but if you're just catching this podcast and your day is just getting started, I hope you have a blessed one. Uh, You know, I hope you guys um, know that I truly mean that. I really do hope that um, any and all of my listeners are having a a good day um, or, or will have a good day. That is what I hope and pray for you. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, I noticed um, on my website that I had um, a few, quite a few actually, quite a few more listeners, and I am grateful. I am grateful that um, you guys uh, are, are sharing the, uh, my podcast and getting them out there. I really, really hope that um, by listening, I'm able to help somebody. That is my ultimate goal. I want to be able to help people, hence the title, Recovery and Family, right? Um, I don't always talk just about addiction and mental health issues. I talk about a lot of things that can um, sort of be intertwined with addiction and mental health, Uh, some of the symptoms of those things, some of the consequences of those things if they're untreated. And uh, sometimes I talk about character defects in relation to those. Uh, And I talk about character defects that, you know, some people have that may not even have an addiction or mental health history. We all have faults, right? We all have faults, and it, and sometimes this is what it takes to figure out what it is that they are for you. Um, whether you are someone who is dealing with addiction or mental health issues or not, I know that some people who are not, I know a lot of people actually, who I would say haven't struggled with an addiction issue or mental health issue, but still have some character defect issues, right? It's just, it just, you know, it's just part of the territory. Really, however you were raised and brought up and depending on your own struggles and things that you've gone through in life or hurt um, or or a, 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 a significant event, a death or something like that, you know, it causes people... Um, to change it causes people to change and uh, I'm hoping to help people see that you can gain some recovery from any and all issues if you just apply yourself it's just how you just have to apply yourself and sometimes that means stepping out of denial right I know that's kind of tough stepping out of denial and realizing that you are saying or thinking that I have an issue and I need to do something about it. That's what I hope this podcast offers is some insight uh, towards some of those things uh, for any and all of my listeners. And I do appreciate you so much. I do. Absolutely. So also don't forget to hit that support button. Um, I appreciate anything and everything you feel led to contribute. I do count it all a blessing. I do count it all a blessing and I am grateful I am grateful for whatever it is you feel led to contribute um, to help this podcast uh, and uh, help me keep some of my stuff updated, mics and computers and that kind of thing. I greatly appreciate it. And also, don't forget to hit that uh, message button, right? Start a conversation with me. Or if you have a question about something I've discussed, or if you just want to share 
if I happen to discuss something that you can relate to and maybe it's something similar has happened in your life and you want to share that little story with me, feel free to do so. I love this topic. Recovery. I love the topic of recovery and I love the topic of family and family dynamics and I love talking about them together. Love talking about them together and anything that can go on that creates stressors um, in a family dynamic. You know, those, it's just my, my thing. Just my thing. See, you know, it's crazy to me that some people feel, well, some people very possibly feel as though once you have decided to become a Christian, that somehow... You become exempt from dealing with life on life's terms. That's my podcast today, Christian and life on life's terms. So people who maybe do not consider themselves to be Christian can times at times, you know, be heard mocking those who do consider themselves to be Christian. What the real difference is, is how we resolve or navigate through our stressors. You see, as some of you know, that I am in recovery from depression, anxiety, and anger issues, and used to do a lot of uh, drinking to medicate those issues, I've come a long way. Just because I no longer allow myself to act out in anger or I've figured out how to manage my depression and anxiety, right? It doesn't mean that I've forgotten how. doesn't mean I've forgotten how. I know how to be angry and I know how to booze it up if I choose to. I bet that it is safe to say that Most Christians, right, for most Christians, it can be that way. It can be that way. A lot of people find a way to change their lives for the better. It doesn't mean that they've learned or they've forgotten how to act a fool, right? Our flesh, our or our human nature still tries to rule us at times. Even for those who profess to be Christian, we're human first. Don't confuse our meekness with weakness. People in recovery from addiction or mental health issues or anything um, that may cause or create a struggle right? It's okay. It happens. They only struggle with the regular things of day-to-day living, but they also struggle with trying to not feel depressed today. Not feeling the urge to drink or stick a needle in their arm today. They may even struggle with just not feeling invisible today. 
Or maybe I won't even consider suicide today. I am most definitely um, suggesting that you have, or I'm not suggesting that you have pity on any of us who struggle with any added issues outside the normal day-to-day bump and grind, right? Some of those things are results of our own behaviors and there are our own consequences. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just saying that on top of all the regular day-to-day things that people struggle with, some of us on the inside are also dealing with that thought process. Would you even know what it's like to go through a day to really work hard on not feeling invisible to people? Mm. It can be a struggle. It can be a struggle. Or if you have someone who's dealing with suicidal ideation, can you imagine what it's like to go through a day being cognizant of yourself trying to not think about suicide that day or trying not to reach out to your drug dealer that day. I'm just saying that you never really know what demons the person next to you is fighting off behind that smile. One of the things I love about my job is the fact that I do go through and sometimes train, right? Uh, I train it myself with what we call trauma-informed care. When you've been in the mental health field for a while, here recently, I say recently, um, it's really been a key point in a lot of trainings that I've participated in. Um, There's always this little piece of uh, any said training where they really lean on uh, the topic of uh, trauma-induced care. It's a big deal. In a nutshell, it sort of helps keeps us, I say us, people in this field, in a trauma-prepared thought or a trauma-prepared thinking or frame of mind. And I wish everybody went through this sort of training, right? Again, in a nutshell, it's hard to explain it all in depth without taking up too much time. But in a nutshell, it sort of helps keeps us in a trauma-prepared thinking or frame of mind. It's about treating people you come across as though you already know that they've had some degree of trauma in their life and that they're trying to work through it. Could you do that? Next time you meet a stranger, approach them as though you feel like you know they've had some degree of trauma, no matter whatever you consider minimal, right? I don't think any trauma is minimal, uh, but there's some that are a whole lot worse than others. But if you were introduced to people and you were in that frame of thinking, I think we could be a little more genuine with each other. Next time you meet someone, ask yourself, I wonder what trauma this person may have gone through. It's tough. 
it's tough. Being a Christian does not exempt you from external or internal struggles. What we hope is that being a Christian will do is provide us with the spiritual tools and strength needed to manage through whatever crisis presents itself in our life. But we'll be flesh first most of the time. There are a lot of times that things go on around me that do create some degree of sadness, but I have to be aware of that, and I cannot let it um, pull on those depression strings. I don't want to fall back into a depression. I have to be cognizant of where my anxiety is, right? And that doesn't mean that my faith is in question just because I experience those things first. Just because someone is triggered by something doesn't mean that their faith is lacking. You never know what's lurking around the corner. Something for you to go through. And that's just it. You go through it. You go through it. Just like some people are afraid of heights. Now listen to me. Just like some people are afraid of heights and some are not, some find that to be ridiculous. Just like some people are afraid of clowns and some are not, many find that to be ridiculous. Some people are afraid of ghosts and some are not in relation to things seen and unseen. And yet some people find that to be ridiculous, being afraid of ghosts. Just being a Christian does, doesn't, uh, doesn't cause you to be afraid of things, right? Being a Christian doesn't cause you or create the opportunity for you to be afraid of things or to not. Being Christian does not mean you're not going to be afraid of things. You're human first. Some people are afraid of the things that they connect to any trauma they've experienced. Right? Listen. People can be afraid of those things that seem to be connections between the trauma they've experienced. Yet if you didn't know about the trauma... You find what they're afraid of to be strange. So a closed-in, dark room is where they spent their childhood being abused. At 25 years old, you see this adult who's still a little anxious about closed-in, dark rooms. But if you don't know about the childhood upbringing, at the surface, an adult being afraid of a dark room can seem a little strange until you know the story. So, is it safe to say that someone who has experienced an overdose and has lost close friends to an overdose might be very afraid of relapse? I think it's safe to say yes. I think so. And see... 
if you have no clue about the addiction world, you might find it odd that someone is afraid to take one simple drink. Because it seems simple on the surface. Or maybe to take one simple pain pill. It seems elementary on the surface. But you will find people who will adamantly deny that drink or that pain medication because they are fearful of what could happen. But on the surface, if you didn't know about their addiction history, you may find it very strange that they're not willing to have a drink or take a pill to medicate some physical pain. There are some Christians that manage through this stress with minimal concern. As well, there are Christians with strong faith that do not manage through that particular stressor as well as others. Same with those dealing with mental health issues. You may find some of the ways that they navigate through dealing with their issues to be strange. Being afraid of heights, as I said, right? Being afraid of heights, being afraid of an abuser, being afraid of a needle has nothing to do with being Christian. I pray that being Christian brings you the peace and strength that you need to overcome your triggers and fears. Whatever that is for you, don't mock a Christian for being afraid simply because it doesn't or it's different from what you're afraid of. Let me repeat that. Don't please don't mock a Christian for being afraid simply because it's different from what you're afraid of. Just because you're not afraid of that dark room. Maybe you didn't have the same childhood experience in that dark room. Ponder that a minute. In this, you rejoice. Though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested geniuses of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes through it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's found in 1 Peter 1, 6-7. And there's all kinds of scripture that will talk about some of the stuff that we will continually struggle with. Namely, it mentions trials. The Bible talks about you will have trials. So it says it, I believe it. Plus, not only does it say it and I believe it, through the last, even the recent four years, three years, I've experienced some pretty significant trials in my life. So I know firsthand that the Bible said it, I believe it. I believe it. But you know what? That doesn't change anything. That doesn't change anything about me at all. 
And I, I, uh, I actually, I believe that. So I've dealt with some stuff in my life. And later in life, I, um, I feel like I rekindle my relationship with God and I move forward out of my struggles and I have a strong faith in what God has done for me in my life. And yet I've still gone through stuff. Hmm. But I promise you it doesn't change anything. I know that on in this world, I am going to have trials. But it doesn't question my faith. It doesn't question my faith. What my faith does is give me the strength to respond to things differently than I would have years ago. Right? Something happens. Activating event. I get angry. Lash out. Hurt people. Throw things. Break things. Right? Um, today, I can get frustrated and not allow myself to become angry or rageful because I know that I don't need to. And I've found a way to find peace in where I am in my life right now. That's the difference. I'm not going to choose to do any of those negative things. I don't have to. But that doesn't change the fact that I can possibly become frustrated or angry. Those are natural emotions. Feeling depressed, sad. Sadness is a natural emotion. It's God-given. But just because you become Christian doesn't mean that natural-born emotion gets erased. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. You're still going to feel. And that doesn't mean that you're lacking in faith. When we face doubts about our faith, our perseverance, and God's faithfulness, it is these times of trials that stand as evidence of the genius of our faith or the genuineness. It's when we're being tried and we stand firm and not doing or expressing any of those old behaviors or reacting with any of those old behaviors that, that, is what is evidence of the genuineness of our faith. Many will claim to have faith, but when they face some struggle, they turn to God, showing that their faith was not genuine. Or maybe it is the fact that they turned to God, right? Some will have struggles, some will face struggles, and some will turn to friends, family, church family, praying, meditating. It's those things that are evidence. Our struggles also show us where we have weak areas in our faith. Maybe at times you can not allow yourself to get angry. But you still tend to struggle with the depression 
or anxiety. There can be things like that that go on in your life. Or maybe the opposite. You figure out how to manage with or without medication. I wouldn't suggest not taking it unless your doctor says so. But let's just say with or without medication, you've learned how to manage the depression and anxiety. But your anger still gets the best of you. You're still growing. Maybe some people feel like God tests us and struggles to show us our faith is real. There could be some truth to that. Maybe if God allows me to be tested and I successfully avoid becoming rageful or successfully avoid allowing myself to fall into a deep depression, then maybe I would have a sense that my faith has carried me through. My faith is real. And maybe it's to show us where we need our faith to be strengthened. Maybe you do fall short. We all do. We all do. Maybe I go off in an anger outburst, but I don't hurt nobody. I don't break anything, but holler and scream. Right? I don't do any of the other stuff that's damaging to anybody or anything. But I still managed to get angry enough and allow myself to do a lot of whole lot of hollering and screaming. Then maybe I need to work in that area. I would say that yes, I very much so need to work in that area. Right? That happens. That happens. But it doesn't mean that I lack in faith. The Christian life demands change. Even of the toughest kind. It demands change. Yeah, I agree. And of the toughest kind. It often means turning from the things that come easy. The things that satisfy our natural urges. Can you do that? But the ability to freely choose to say no to our urges and impulses is what makes us distinctly human. This is why we don't, uh, or we do not lock up, <coughs> excuse me, uh, dogs and chimpanzees, right? You don't lock them up together, they probably would never really go over well. So, to say no, or say yes, at the right time is what makes humans happy. Saying yes at the right time. And you don't have to say yes to everything. But when you have the ability to say no and successfully avoid any negative behaviors or thoughts or feelings or emotions, that is true freedom. Christianity is an innovation or an invitation. Christianity is an invitation to actualize the human destiny of everlasting happiness. That's how a lot of people see it or feel about it. I might not always be 100% happy in this life, but I know I will be in the next. 
and through the church, God has provided the roadmap to get us there. That's my belief. You don't have to have the same belief. I just feel like staying in church, staying close to some family, to include church family, is what I need. It's what I need. And I need my job. My job is to help those dealing with addiction issues and mental health issues. Same with the ministry my wife and I facilitate. Celebrate recovery, right? In and of itself is designed to help those with a hurt habit or hang up. And that's a broad stroke. That covers a lot of issues. A lot of issues. But that is what helps me. Helping others, right? Even the Bible talks about helping others. And even if you're an AA or if you like Alcoholics Anonymous, even the big book talks about paying it forward. Paying it forward, right? One of the steps is, is had by having had an experience, spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we take the message and spread it to other people. We help other people. And again, that's something that helps me. And I've seen a lot of change in a lot of people. Being a Christian is difficult because we must now confront our lives from a different worldview. And that comes with a new set of values, God's values. We are immersed in a world system that trumps its ideals and slanders anyone who mocks it. There's so many things that go on in the world today that offend people. But I'm really more shocked about the things that go on in the world that are horrible that don't offend people. I haven't been able to quite wrap my head around that. We're offended by colors. We're offended by people's personalities and characteristics. But we're not offended by drug dealers and people killing people. Right now, fentanyl is running crazy in my community, as it might be in yours. Sometimes you don't know until it's too late. We've had a handful of overdoses in my community in the last month or so. And other than a little bit of noise that my wife and some girlfriends of hers are making, they've created this community-based organization that's really out there trying to put the word out about Narcan or, or you know, any of those um, medicines that treat for overdose, right? I think there's two or three different ones. They're trying to spread the word, but it, it's surprising to me and how hard it is for them to spread that word about the need for taking a stand in our community against this fentanyl crisis we're having. Why that doesn't offend more people, I don't know. It should. 
We need to quit being offended by, again, colors, people, characteristics, politics. Politicians don't pay my bills. I work hard for my own money. I don't know. I guess that's my own little take on that. We don't know anything else, I guess, but we are we are saved. We accept what the world says without even thinking about it in some cases. I don't know. After Christians are saved, our eyes are open to the truth, and we can perceive the lies of the world. And maybe we see them a little differently, the lies, what you would consider lies of the world. But fighting against those lies can be difficult because not everyone sees them as the same. Being a Christian is difficult because once we are saved, we are suddenly swimming upstream against the current of the world around us. Though our appetites will change, our sanctification can be a difficult process. Friends no longer understand us. Our families, in some cases, question our new involvements and associates. That's going to happen. Those we love often feel rejected, angry, or get defensive. Now you're a Bible-thumping Christian. You know you're too good for us. Nobody's ever said that. They don't see why we can no longer continue in our old ways. I've known people that have helped treat an addiction whose family has turned their back on them. Them not turning their back on the family, but the family's turning their back on them. Because now they won't go to the family functions because there's too much alcohol and in some cases drugs too. But because they won't go to the family functions, because they want to stay clean and sober for their family, Oh, man, their families have turned their back on them. It's just incredible. Why does anybody get offended by that? I don't know. Being a Christian is difficult because it requires growth. God loves us too much to let us stay the same. Growth can be painful at times, and we usually don't like to leave our comfort zones. That's part of the problem. But positive change is always rewarding. And I believe that whether or not you feel yourself to be a Christian or not, positive change, doing good, living good, living a positive lifestyle, being kind to one another. Why can't we all, Christian or not, why can't we all do that? The other morning I was stopping at a fast food restaurant and I ordered um, a coffee. It was like 7.30 a.m. I was on my way to work. And I get to the window to pay for it. And the lady hands me my coffee. And she says, the car in front of you paid for it. I've done that a time or two in my life as well. Paid for the car behind me. Why do we not do that a little more for each other? You know, that was really that was a really kind gesture. And sure, it's a dollar, dollar twenty-five cup of coffee. Whoopee. 
It's not about the coffee or the price. We have to be able to see past those little details and just realize that a kind gesture goes a long way. As we grow in Christ, we realize that God isn't just just you know this big entity, right? And he's not just this big entity that is creating or causing everyone to conform to a certain set of rules. He wants all of us to be happy. He wants everyone to be happy, kind to one another. We learn through obedience and trust to find rest in his guidance, or I have anyway. I have anyway. I think that people get it twisted, get it twisted and distorted thinking that Christians will be perfect. We strive to be, but we'll always fall short. Everyone will. And then you want to mock someone who calls himself a Christian for having fallen short, forgetting that they are human first. I also believe that this is a lot of the reasons why those dealing with addiction and mental health issues avoid church and church people when it's, uh, yeah, it's true. I do believe they avoid church people when it's them that's hurting, it's them that's hurting. And that's, those are the ones that the church is supposed to be welcoming. Supposedly welcoming those hurting people, not being judgmental. The last two podcasts were about dealing with addiction and mental health issues because I hope and pray that someone who hears them will see that despite being a Christian, you will struggle. But the good news is you should be able to find help and comfort more easily. You know who to go to, be your regular family, your church family. Do not let the fact that you're out there in active addiction and relapse or in a mental health crisis stop you from learning or leaning on your faith and on the people that you trust that may have the same faith. That is actually what the church is designed to do. That's what it's designed to do. I only added, um, because I feel like that's important to know that people in the church are hurting. And sometimes it's very difficult to watch. I've heard and seen it happen where people in the church are afraid to lean on their church peers or church family. And it shouldn't be that way. Why are we trying to put on this facade in the church? And the other thing about it is you got teens that are watching this put on that facade because they know what really happens in your home. What are we teaching them? What are we teaching them? 
just because you're hurting or in active addiction or in relapse or dealing with mental health issues doesn't mean you're weak in your faith. Lean on those church family members. Yeah, lean on those church family members. Because sometimes we do. We do. We have little times in our life where we do fall short. It's like, I know that God can help me work through my depression. Why do I continue to feel this way? Just means maybe you need a little added support. So get with if you got a counselor, go with a counselor. If you got a men's group at the church, talk about it in your men's group. Same with you girls. If you got a women's group in the church, talk about it in the women's group. Leave the mask at the doors of the church. Come in as you are. That's what God says to do. Mm. Mm. Boy, that'll preach. Anyway, I hope you guys got something out of this podcast. Uh, Please share it. Please share it in the last two. Maybe you find someone who's feeling like their faith is being questioned and there's really no need for it. No need for it. Just continue to stay in prayer and meditating if that's what you do. Stay close to your church connections if you go to a church. Do the best you can. Don't let anyone question your faith. Appreciate you. Until next time, we'll be seeing you. Be blessed.